say it's good to be here this morning already. Um, we desire your prayers. I was just talking to Janine on the way in this morning. I said, I said I'm, I'm not the type of person to be shy or, or you know, nervous about getting up in front of people. It just don't bother me a bit. I get up in front of people out there in the parking lot all day long and sing and dance and do whatever, whatever come up wouldn't phase me. But to get up here in the house of God just scares me to death. And if it didn't, I wouldn't want to be up here. But uh, we desire your prayers and, and uh, with the Lord's help, we might learn something. Uh, we're in Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, verse 21 is where our lesson starts. Uh, I actually want to go back, let's see, where's that? I want to go back and read verse 12 before I get started with the lesson. I noticed this. Yesterday when I was reading, verse 12 says, Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Uh, I don't believe that Ezekiel was prophesying that God was going to open graves and bring people up out of Babylon to come back to the natural land of Israel. I think he was prophesying that one of these days down the road, my grave's going to open and God's going to take me to Israel. Uh, but I just, I found that verse was pretty interesting and I think it, I think it holds a lot of bearing on the rest of this lesson. And, and like I told, told Blaine this morning, I could sum this lesson up in about 10 minutes if I wanted to go the way this brain thinks. Um, but there's, there's a lot in this that, that I'm sure I'll miss and I won't understand, but uh, we'll start out by reading verse 21 says, And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. Uh, I, was, I was doing a little studying on this, and, and the commentary in the book uh, talks about the children of Israel being brought back to being brought back to Israel from Babylon and Assyria and uh, <coughs> excuse me and uh, it says that there's other places in the Bible that, that prophesy this same thing and I wrote some of them down in in uh, Hosea chapter 11, verse 10 and 11, 
It says, they shall walk after the Lord. He shall roar like a lion. When he shall roar, then the children shall tremble from the west. They shall tremble as a bird out of Egypt and, out of, and as a dove out of the land of Assyria, and I will place them in their houses, saith the Lord. And there's another one, uh, another one I read that's in Amos chapter 9. And he said, I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. Uh, there's a lot to that as far as even just being uh, a natural representation of what God was doing for those people at that day and time. Uh, God was bringing his children out of the, the Gentile lands and bringing them back to rebuild the temple and, and to, to reestablish Israel as a country and as a church, if I can say it that way. Um, but just like today, there was a lot that didn't come back. Um, and it wasn't because they were being held down by their captors. God opened the doors and let them let them be free but they stayed where they were uh, and I don't I don't know why the Bible doesn't tell us why they stayed where they were it just says that a lot of them stayed there uh, they never returned it to, to Israel and we have people today that God's calling telling them to come home and they won't they just don't have a desire to, to be where God is and I, I can honestly stand here and say I don't understand why, even though I was one of them for a long time. Uh, there was a long part of my life, seemed like a long time to me, that I sat back and said, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm going to stay out here with the heathens and, and enjoy my life. And looking back on it, I don't, don't understand why I did that. It was probably the most miserable stretch of life I've had in 50, 60 years. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've talked to Dad about this before, and I've, in my head it's been there a long time. Uh, if you go back to the, the story about Jesus coming across the sea and, and uh, he got off the boat and he met the wild man up in the tombs living up there cutting himself and and they'd chain him up, and he'd break the chains and get loose, and he'd run around naked, and nobody could control him. And when Jesus went up there, and, and make a long story short, he went up there and cast them demons out of that fella. And uh, if that guy would have sat there and said, now wait a minute, I want to keep this one or that one, what good would Jesus have done him? It wouldn't, it, he wouldn't have lost none of his demons because Jesus would have went on about his way and said, well, he refused to accept what I had for him. And I think that's the way a lot of times we are, at least me personally. Uh, when I was out there in the world, there was a couple of things that I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to quit messing around with. And that meant 
I couldn't come back to the church because the church has a firm stand on those things. Uh, I, I couldn't come back to God because God has a firm stand on these things. If I look in here, it tells me what I can and can't do, what I can and can't get away with. Uh, when I was over in Lafayette, I heard Kenny Waldrop preach one time, and he said, he said, if you went to your physically your your natural dad's house and didn't want nothing to do with your mom your dad would probably tell you to go on down the road if he was a good dad because he demands respect for for his wife and God's no different than us uh, God's wife is the church and if we have no respect for the church he won't accept us as being repentant but these people God opened the doors and and let them come back to Israel, and a lot of them didn't want to. Uh, now, does that make this prophecy wrong? I don't believe it does. Uh, I believe God, what God does is eternal, and I believe his prophecies are eternal. Uh, God's still calling his people home. And when I first stood up here, I said, <clears throat> said I could sum this all up in about 10 minutes. Uh, when I first read this through the whole thing, the first thing that came to my mind was one of these days, God's going to gather his people and he, they're going home. Uh, there's a... There's a time coming when we won't have that choice anymore as to whether or not we want to serve God. There's a time coming when this outward man that doesn't want to serve God, wants to serve me, is going to be laid aside and changed, and then I will want to serve God, and he'll take me on home. Uh, but we'll go ahead and read the rest of this. Uh, verse 22 says, And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. <clears throat> uh, Ezekiel was talking about the children of Israel coming back to Palestine. Uh, and I, I, I guess I could have probably should have went back and read early on why they did some of the things they did because uh, I don't I don't understand I don't know why they were ever separate in the first place uh, if somebody told me I'd probably remember and go oh yeah that's right but the the southern tribes were Israel and the northern tribes were Judah or maybe I got that backwards but why they did that I don't know but Ezekiel's saying that they're not going to have that anymore they're going to come back and they're going to be one nation and they're going to be all together and uh, verse 23 says neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols nor with their detestable things 
nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people and I will be their God. <clears throat> there was a time in my life up until up until about 11 years old I was okay uh, I was one with God and like Paul said then the gospel came sin revived and I died I became two countries uh, when God called me back to innocence if you will have it that way when God called me back to being his child there was no longer two countries there were still two people inward and outward man but down on the inside there was one nation when I accepted God as the Savior, as, as the king of that nation, it says, One king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Uh, ever since I was 11 years old, there's only been one king in my heart, and that's Jesus. Uh, down on the inside, I have never defiled that inward man. I, I can't. I don't even know where it's at. Uh, all of the things that I've done with this outward man have never dirtied up that inward man that, that, that Jesus cleaned up. Uh, he says, I will save them out of all their dwelling places. This guy right here is where I dwelled, where I dwell. And he, and he saved the inward man despite what he knew about this outward guy. Uh, the amazing thing to me is God knows all things. He knew what this guy was going to live his life as when I was 11 years old and he offered me a chance at salvation. He knew that I wasn't going to stick around this place too long and that I was going to spend a lot of time not doing what he wanted me to. Uh, I guess the only reason I didn't die out there in my travels is because he knew that someday I'd be standing here again. Verse 24 says, And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Now, when this was wrote, David had been dead for hundreds of years. So I don't think Ezekiel was asking or was prophesying that David was going to come back uh, from the dead and be king. And, and I guess my thought on that is Jesus was a bloodline descendant of David. Uh, so the blood of, of that bloodline 
has always been king of, of God's people, if you want to have it that way. Um, verse 25 says, And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell there, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Uh, if we... If we do what God wants us to, uh, and we see this in the church regular, if we live the way God wants us to, and, and put our whole heart and life into doing what God would have us to do, <clears throat> our children and our children's children will know what God's all about and they'll have the opportunity to be saved. Now, <clears throat> God doesn't make anybody get saved, so, so I can't say that he promises our children will be saved, but he promises opportunity. Uh, and the, the, I believe the closer we walk with God, the better chance is that our kids and our grandkids will uh, know what's coming, and they'll know when the time comes what it's all about. Uh, so if, if, if we live as close as we possibly can to God, our children and our children's children and, and so on and on down the line will fill these pews when the older generation is gone. Uh, it's strange to me, a lot of times even now, to come in and look around and a lot of the oak trees that I held dear and still do are not with us anymore. Uh, a lot of them are, are gone and I look around and a lot of the older gray-haired fellows that I see sitting on the front bench are my age. <laughs> it, and I don't know, I don't know if God really prepared me to be one of the elders of the church. I'm, I still feel like I'm unworthy and, and it's, it's a scary thing to think that that it's up to me to, to be a light to my people because the older people in my family are going, going on home. If that light's going to continue, it's going to be by me and the way I live. That's a scary thing. <clears throat> it's a lot of responsibility. But at the same time, it's almost, I could almost say it's real easy. All I got to do is follow the Lord. All I got to do is, is, is live for God, put him first. Um, verse 26 says, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. 
That's where we're at right now. God put his church together and it's still here. I don't, I don't know exactly when this was written, but I think it was somewhere, somewhere in the 5th century B.C., so we're talking neighborhood of 2,500 years ago, and the church is still here. Uh, we were talking last night, and, and I said, you know, there's... Somewhere I read, I don't know if it was in this document, this, this uh, commentary, or if it was somewhere else I was reading, it said there was like somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,200 different religions in the world today. And I got to thinking about some of them, and uh, there's, there's many that call themselves Christian, many. I, I wouldn't even start to try to name all of them. But then, if you go to the Jewish religion, uh, it almost seems like they believe the same way we do up until the birth of Christ, and then that's where they stop. They're waiting on a Messiah to come, and we're looking back at the Messiah that's already been here and, and fulfilled his duty. But I don't understand how they can't see what's already been done by Jesus while he was here and by the prophets after he left. I, but, but that's where they're at. And then I read somewhere that the Muslims, uh, the Muslim Bible was written by Muhammad some, somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 years after this book was published. And, uh, whoever it was that wrote that said, how can they believe that Muhammad was given this book to write by Allah when he just forged this book and changed a few names? It, it has Jesus' name in it more than it has Muhammad's name in it. But even with all that, I'm... I'm kind of got off track but even with all that going on in the world God's church has never failed God's church has never uh, it's been abused and it's been uh, mistreated uh, all the way till the beginning of time it's been outlawed it's been taken captive it's been they've been put in jail for believing in god they've been beheaded for for proclaiming god but god's church has never died out it's never got scared and run it's always been here uh, and thank god it has but verse 27 says, My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. There's, there's a few different times that he said, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I don't... I think, I think, I'd just throw this in there... I think that's in the Bible so many times because God wants to remind us that he made us that promise. 
All we got to do is be his people. Do what he tells us. Follow after him. And, and he will be our God the way he has been our God from the beginning of time. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. God has such a presence. When we live for God and we do what God wants us to, God will have such a presence in our lives that people that have no idea who God is will see him in us. And they'll know who it is. They'll know what it is. What, what is it about you? They'll say, what is it about you that's different from everybody else? Well, I think you already know that if you're asking me about it. Because if you wasn't, if, you, if God hadn't put it on your heart to, to wonder, you, then you wouldn't be asking me. I've had people in my life before, for no reason, come up and ask me, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I guess. I try to be. I go to church. Um, but it, that, that's been said more than once in the Bible, too. Uh, in the Old Testament, it seemed like seemed like God was making a point to let people know that even the heathens and the Gentiles would, would know who he was because of what he does. Anybody got anything? always been that way, but now, back, and you was talking about the children of Israel, and the Bible, in, in the book of Hebrews, it said, it was talking about them, said, uh, they did all drink that same spiritual rock, and that rock was Christ. So, uh, some, of the, some of them people back there were saved, and, uh, uh, but it's always been just a few. It's never, seemed like it's never been a great big crowd compared to the population of the world. But God's always had a church and, and always will. There'll be somebody proclaiming the gospel when Jesus comes. That's, that's a, 
same way, if you if you look at, I think I said it last week, the the time that Israel was captive in Babylon was 70 years. So the people that were uh, the people that were adults when they got took captive was probably no longer around when they got released. But they had but they had the ones that knew God and were devout in their in their beliefs. They had lived in captivity in such a way that their that their children and their grandchildren had a desire to go back to Israel and rebuild the temple and make something out of what they were taught. Uh, it, it sometimes amazes me right here in this church when the young people get up and and some of the little ones that, that are just excited about being there. And then some of the some of the little ones that's already been saved and you can see how they move for God. And I guess you don't you don't have to be an old gray haired person to, to be able to be a light to somebody. Uh, there again if if you go back to the Verse 23, neither shall they defile themselves anymore. You know, once you've been saved, that inward person, uh, if you follow after God's will, you'll be a help to somebody. I guess I just don't know how to explain things too too good. Uh, But... I've I've heard it said, and I believe it's 100% true, that if you're trying to live for the Lord or if you're not trying to live for the Lord, somebody's watching your life. Uh, Somebody's paying attention to whether or not you go to church every time it's time to go to church. And, and And they will call you out the minute you mess up. Somebody's watching to make sure you don't do things you ain't supposed to do. Uh, just from my own personal standpoint, I believe that there's at least two or three fellows that I work with that come in there every night <clears throat> and give me a bunch of grief in a, in a fun way. But I think every night they come in there with the intention to let's see if we can get him to cuss. That's just my my take on them, because they come in there and they just they push me they push me to the limit. Uh, now, if I was to if I was to slip up and and join them in their type of conversation or language. What kind of influence would I have on them after that? None. I wouldn't be no different than they are. But if I stick with God and I do my best to, to 
I'm sure they've all probably heard me singing gospel songs walking around in the plant there because that's what I do. Uh, maybe somewhere down the line one of them will recognize and, and if they don't come to this church, find a church that, that God's in. I hope. Uh, but that's all we can do is, is try to do our best to be a light to people. Um, if I go back here to oh where was I I didn't turn too many pages place where I was going to go back to but <clears throat> but yeah it, there it is <clears throat> when this in verse 22 uh, when it says and they shall be no more two nations neither neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all uh, to me in my in my way of thinking, I thought that's when, that's when the end of time comes and God takes us back, takes us all to heaven. Then there won't be any two bodies. There won't be an inward man and an outward man. There will just be one man uh, at home in the, on the mountains of Israel. Anybody got anything? I've about run out. Just like David, he, he uh, like you said, the Bible said he was a man after God's own heart, but he also had a history of sin. And I believe myself, with, with, with the way I lived my life, 
my history with sin, even though I was saved, is probably the reason why my kids don't have any desire to come to church because they seen me not have any desire to come to church. When they were young, I didn't bother bringing them to church. I brought them to church till they got saved and then kind of went on my way again. And that's it, just the way they saw me live my life, so they just don't have any interest in coming to church. Um, but I know they all got saved, and so I can just keep praying that one of these days they'll be like me and decide it's time to come home. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, if, I think if we could raise the kids up in church, we could run a good, more of a chance for them to want to follow, you know, that kind of lifestyle. But it's all about the choices that people make. Anybody else got any comments?